together, of course, on this Ash Wednesday. Uh, I reflected this morning with the school children. Uh, is there anything more worthless than ashes? There is only two things I can think of that they're any good for. And one is uh, putting in the garden and tilling off. It gives a little extra carbon to the, uh, to the ground. And the other is, um, and the, I know this only because the uh, um, missionaries of charity do this, but ashes are really good for brushing teeth. Personally, I think that might be a step too far for me, but it does get their teeth nice and clean between the, the uh, carbon to help uh, whiten and the a little bit of the gristle to just kind of gently clean. Uh, I suppose if some people use baking soda, ashes work just as well. But ashes really aren't useful. They aren't valuable. Uh, I have yet to see anyone buying ashes except the churches on Ash Wednesday. There really isn't a call for it. And when it comes down to it, if the reason we use ashes is it's a reminder of who we are. Who we are without God. And we hear in Genesis how God stooped down and he formed Adam out of the clay of the earth, out of the dust of the earth. And he reminds us, you are dust and unto dust you shall return. But Adam remained just a mound of mud until God stooped and breathed life into him. Adam was nothing until the breath of God came in him. And so it is true for us, too, that, uh, at least spiritually, we are nothing without God. We are nothing without his Holy Spirit. We are nothing. We're just ashes. Yeah, we might be walking around. We might be able to communicate and able to do some things. But in the end, without God, we have no value. But with God... We are claimed as sons and daughters, as loved, transformed. We have to remember that the same chemical that makes up ashes makes up diamonds. The very same chemical, carbon. As we gather this day, we hear Jesus telling us, uh, and it's especially important for us as we begin this Lenten season, that we enter Lent for the right reason. Of course, Jesus was not talking about Lent, but uh, again, uh, in his proclamation, this from the Sermon on the Mount, reminding us what Lent ought to be for us, a time of spiritual growth and purification, a time to remember that we, without God, are nothing but ashes, but with God, great value. And he gives these three different items that we might uh, engage in a little bit more uh, pointedly this Lenten season. First, of course, is almsgiving. And, and it sounds a little weird to us, but there were people in the days of Jesus that would blow alms and, or blow trumpets before and get ready, here he comes, if you've ever seen uh, the, uh, the movie um, Aladdin, when Prince Ali makes his big appearance. That's almost what they did. Get ready, here he comes. He's the generous one. Get out your hand. Be ready. Jesus says, don't do that. If you do, you're giving for the wrong reason. Let your giving be done in secret 
so secret that not even your left hand knows what your right hand is doing. I don't know about you, but there's not too many brains in my left hand or my right hand. And yet, Jesus tells us, do it so secretly that maybe not even we know what we're doing. And to do it for the right reason, of course. Or when we pray, again, there were people that would stand up, and we, we, we hear this in another parable, the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. The publican is in the back, and he barely lifts his eyes, go, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Pharisee is up front, thank God I'm not like the rest of humanity. They would make their prayers loud and known. They'd go out to the street corners. Or, or uh, we hear this elsewhere, how the Jewish men of the time would widen their phylacteries, these prayer boxes that would be strapped to their foreheads con containing a piece of the Torah, the Shema most especially. Hero Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord alone. And they would wrap them around the wrist and they would widen them. And there were, they'd widen and lengthen their tassels so everyone could say, ah, there is a pious man. If we, that's the way we pray, just for the sight of everyone else, to argue, oh, see how holy they are, we've missed the boat. That's not to say that as we gather, certainly that we shouldn't be praying, we do, but our prayer individually is hidden and needs to be hidden, that God who sees in secret repays. And of course, fasting I find it ironic that every Ash Wednesday we hear this, wash your heads, anoint, your, anoint yourselves, and do not appear to others to be fasting, and then we take ashes on our foreheads. So everyone knows we went to Ash Wednesday Mass. And maybe this year with the uh, requests that we consider, I will give the option. We're not going to tell anyone. It's too late by the time they hear this anyway. But the church has asked us this year to impose through sprinkling on the, the crown of the head. And perhaps that might be a better way, considering Jesus' thing. But on the other side, receiving the cross of ashes reminds us and reminds others who see us that it is Ash Wednesday, it is a day to fast and abstain, a day to prepare and, and to enter into the Lenten journey of 40 days. So I guess I can allow it for now. But Jesus' point is all the same. If we're simply fasting that, that we can get the praise of others, or, or my favorite is, oh, thank God for Lent, I need to fast. Well, that's a diet. That's not fasting. Fasting has a spiritual component, and yes, the, the good thing about a good fast is sometimes you do lose a little weight or, or, or a little fat or whatever it is. But if you're doing it only for a diet, you're just as, just as wrong as Jesus would, uh, in his day, would, would have said. I, I know this story, too. There's, it's one of my favorite stories of St. John Vianney. And it's, a, it's a horrible story, but it, it shows the thinking he had a rather large woman. Oh, Father, Father, what must I do to reduce, to lose weight? He said about two lengths. It might not be exactly the point. Why do we do what we do? 
And maybe that's the question that Jesus wants us to ponder with these words from the Sermon on the Mount. Is it that we want the praise of others? Or that we simply want to do the right thing? To give the the cup of cold water to our brother and sister who is in need, the, the littlest of these, simply because they're in need? Do we want to do it for the praise of others so that we may be seen with great esteem? Or do we want it because it helps us to grow in holiness and we're only concerned with how God sees us? These three gifts that Jesus speaks of today, of almsgiving, of prayer, and of fasting, I've shared before, and and maybe not all have been here when I have, but the church teaches that there's three types of concupiscence, this brokenness that we're born into because of the sin of Adam and Eve, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. All three of these are met by one of these gifts. Almsgiving helps us free ourselves of the stuff that surrounds us, the, the pride or the lust of the eyes. And the lust of the eyes is all about we surround ourselves with nice things. We like nice things. We like beautiful things. We like looking nice. We like looking fancy. Almsgiving reminds us that it's just stuff and invites us to give, to give it away freely. Or when we pray, isn't that a humbling experience? To kneel down before our Creator and say, without you, God, I'm nothing but ashes. Without you, without your Spirit in me, I have no value. It confronts that pride of life. And of course, fasting. Sometimes some have asked, well, how does fasting help with uh, sexual sins? How does fasting help with Uh, other spiritual sins except maybe gluttony, but it does because we put our bodies in submission. We put our wills over what our bodies desire. And we might be a little hungry, but that reminds us our dependence is on something beyond the food in front of us. And so when we fast, we're working against lust in all its forms, but most especially lust of the flesh how easy it is to comfort ourselves with all sorts of good food. Fasting reminds us God alone is our comfort. As we come this day, we ask the Lord to help us enter into this Lenten season well and to remember that these ashes that we receive in a little bit are just a reminder of who we are without God. That on the other side of Lent, as we stand with lit candles at the Easter Vigil or receive the Easter water on Easter Sunday, that we renew our baptismal promises and say, yes, I have grown in holiness, not for the good of others to see, but rather to just grow in a deeper relationship with Christ. As we hear on that uh, first Easter Sunday evening, as Jesus stood appeared suddenly in front of his apostles while we breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit, we would receive that Holy Spirit ourselves. And at the end of the Easter season, as we gather and celebrate Pentecost, we would know this is where the church has life. And each member in the church has extreme value, not on our own, 
but rather because God has breathed life into us, into this which is without him, just dust and ash.